The Just Podcast is brought to you by ReCity Network. ReCity is the Triangle's hub for social impact. If you're interested in learning more about ReCity, start by booking a tour at ReCityNetwork.org. ReCityNetwork.org is also where you can go to subscribe to their monthly newsletter or make a donation to support ReCity's work. The website, again, is ReCityNetwork.org. You're listening to Just, stories about the people working to build thriving communities rooted in justice a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. I'm Jess Averhart, co-founder of Black Wall Street Homecoming. And I'm Rob Shields, executive director of the ReCity Network. All right, look, so here's why we're here. We're here to get proximate. We're here to listen. We're here to process. And we're here to help you process. But here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to be preachy because we don't have all the answers and we will never make you feel like an outsider. Keeping with the theme of sharing, we always want to acknowledge the whole person, and that starts with our personal, personal check-in. Let's do it. Jess. Oh, hey. Welcome. <laughs> it's amazing what happens in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot has changed since the last Ooh. time we were talking in a studio. Yeah. A lot of life has been lived. For the whole world. The whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're here and that we're able to do this. So um, I am too. How can really we just special. start by saying, I just want to know how, how are you doing? Like just personally. Aww, thank you. No. You yeah. Let's do our, we're, this is our time for our audience. This is for our listeners. This is a time where we check in, but like Rob and I really need to check in so right. much is going on. Um, so yeah, thank you for asking. It has been, you know, I think for all of us, just an, an adjustment in routine, and oh, an awakening of consciousness around the people around us, right? I mean, you really, you really have to step into being a member of a community in new ways. Um, frankly, probably ways we should have all been doing it before, but so it's different. I will say personally, I last night I got a chance to spend time with my son. For all of you who've, who've been listening to this podcast, you know, I have a seventeen-year-old who loves to dance and he's on TikTok. He does all these things, right? He's also a senior in high school. And, um, this is a, this is a big deal for him. Yeah. Yeah, This is really a big deal for him. So he's got prom coming up. He's got graduation. All of those things are kind of up in the air right now. I think we are probably guessing that he won't be having those things. So, um, last night though, he was determined to do his promposal. Still going to, still going to make it happen. Listen. He, he said, I'm taking this girl to prom, <laughs> even if we don't have a prom. If it, so, even if it's on Zoom, we're going to dance. Even if it's on Zoom. So we spent, and I'm going to tell you, it was precious time. We spent last night doing arts and crafts at the table, making these little posters where he did this dance and this promposal over FaceTime with this young lady to invite her to be his date for prom. And I got to be a part of it. And frankly, if it wasn't for COVID-19, <laughs> I'm certain that I would have had you would not nothing. Have been, you would not have been in that room. I would have had nothing to do with this promposal. No he would have just, he'd have just thrown me the video and been like, check this out, mom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But no, I was, I was an active participant and that was really cool. And so what did she say? Don't leave people in oh, suspense. Oh, right, 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 right. I answer? mean, come on now. Of course. Come on know. now. We yeah, all know. she was I'm, like, I yes. Wasn't, I wasn't doubting. She said, what took you so long? I love it. So what's going on at your house or what's going on with work? You've got so much happening on all fronts. Yeah. Wife and I both figuring out what work looks like. How do we continue to to do our jobs while losing childcare, losing all these things that people are quarantining, right? And as they should. Um, But we're having to just figure out and it feels like daily. There's no, we try to work ahead with our family life, but there's no planning for this, right? It's, it's day at a time. Like what did, what do we hear on the news today? 
professionally, ReCity's product is community and yeah. social gathering. That's right. And it's anti so, is anti-social distancing. distancing. It's, it's what we're, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what we literally sell is we believe if we're going to you know, help see justice happen in our communities, we need to come together and get proximate. Right. And that, what the heck does get proximate look like? I know we've been telling our listeners right for now. weeks to get that's proximate. Our, that's a core value of this, <laughs> of this show, this podcast, right? Uh, is to get proximate, lean in. Well, what does that look like right now? And I, and so that's been a challenge for us because we, you know, we want to care for our partners really well in this space. We also realize that social distancing is a privilege. I've realized that it's a privilege for me. It's a privilege for so many people I know that have this margin. It's a privilege for some of our partners, but it's a privilege for some of the people that use our space that they don't have that privilege. Um, they, they need to continue to access services. Life can't stop. They, they literally can't stop. They can't social distance. ReCity all along has been trying to get people proximate because they were, they were siloed. And, and we know that we're not going to really build a community where everyone can thrive and flourish separate. Now, in a time of separation being encouraged, we're even more, if you are on the side of having margin, right, and a cushion to kind of weather this storm, you're even further isolated from need because you're not seeking to get, your proximity might not even feel possible to people whose experience is different than yours, which could lead to, I mean, this inequality conversation that permeates every, everything we talk about here. I think we're, we're seeing that chasm even widen right now. I agree that I think that is a mentality that is happening. I also have seen on the other side of that coin, this awareness of, uh, this is fascinating because my son didn't even think about this. I, he's like, oh, I can't wait. Wake County's going to close and da, 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 right? And then I said, so now have we thought about the kids who are on free and reduced lunch, That's like right. how are they going to get their meals? Right. And Trey looked at me and was like, I didn't, I mean, he genuinely was like, had never thought about it. I never it. thought about right. and my so classmates that are. That's exactly right. And so I, so while, yes, I think that the gap might widen for some around isolation, there's no doubt in my mind that like these, these needs are rising to the top right. and can't be ignored because we're seeing it. We're hearing it. We're being asked to support and help where we can. And it's something that two weeks ago, nobody thought twice about. Yeah. School system's there. It's a great safety net. You know, I don't. I mean, free and reduced lunch, what's the percentage? I don't really know, but the kids are getting their food. No, that's good. I think that's a really good glass half full perspective. And I think together, I don't know what that makes. We have the amazing guests who are going to be able to like really help us get there. Sarita Hill is the executive director of Step Up Durham. Sarita and her team do really impactful, meaningful work. Um, working with justice-involved individuals primarily, but not exclusively, but adults who are are... Uh, job insecure, helping to address uh, underemployment and unemployment in our community. And then Leo Williams, do you go, is it Leonardo? I feel like I call you Leo. Do you, do our listeners, should they call you Leo if they see you on the street? Yeah, Leo's fine. Leo's good. Okay. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I, I never make sure. know I too. Know. I mean, yeah, Leonardo's an awesome privilege name here. to have as yeah. a backup, right? I mean, yeah. you, you go formal anytime you want. That's an amazing name. That was my favorite Ninja Turtle as a kid. Yeah, I'm sure choice. you've gotten that before. Tell I'm me. sure, right? The blue one, he had the good sword. Choice. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I, that's not why I like you primarily, right? But it, it also it helps. helps. It helps. It helps. Um, but Leo Williams and his wife, Zwayli, have run a, uh, now a brick-and-mortar restaurant just past their one-year anniversary, or started as primarily catering. Zwayli has been feeding ReCity and its partners, fueling social impact for 
three, four years now. Uh, so we we're huge fans of his cooking, his wife's cooking. Do you act, do you cook any of the food or are you? When I have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know the she's chef. the mastermind chef. I didn't yeah. know whether you're there with her contributing any, any your secret recipes. Only the, sweet, only the sweet potato samosas. Ooh. Ooh. A little insider information Delightful. there. I didn't know that. I had, Delightful. Had those there, Thank you all for joining us today. This is fantastic. Um, I consider you both friends, sort of like community heroes. I, so I just like Rob, I'm just grateful that y'all took the time amidst everything to join us. How are you guys doing? Um, Sarita, what's going on, girl? How are we doing today? Well, actually I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I feel refreshed, which, um, makes me think about my privilege a lot. Um, I get to work from home. I, have two healthy kids that were about to start intercession anyway. So this aligned with their break. Um, I have a kitchen full of food. Um, I've gone to the store several times over the last couple of days, which is a privilege, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have a community of people that keep checking on me to make sure that I'm well. Reynolds texted me this weekend to let, ask me if I needed toilet paper. Uh, um, toilet paper. Yes, the toilet mysterious paper. toilet paper. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I was really grateful Commodity. because there were places that didn't have that. Right. right? So I, I feel good to get up and not be on the run all the time, but also understanding that there are still people who had to get up if they didn't go to work, they didn't get paid, if that they have um, health issues in the household, that they don't get to go to the store several times over the last 48 hours like I did. So, yeah. so that's good. how You're I'm holding up then. Mm -hmm. This is good. And it also sounds like I love that you started off with a time of refreshing and probably for some of our listeners, it doesn't feel like that, that, but it's all about perspective, right? And the ability to see this for what it is and deal with it, deal with the things that we can change. Like if we can't change it, let's not worry about it. But if we if we can play a part in that, the experience through this, a refreshing is a really nice way to look at it if you're able to. Yeah. Leo, how are you holding up, friend? How's, how's you and your beautiful wife? I know it's a lot going on. How are we doing over there? We are uh, going through interesting times right now. Um, but, you know, in every tough situation, we're finding positive, you know, vibes in it. Um, like, like you, Sarita, th there is something refreshing coming out of this. And I think that, you know, we were really stressed out because we were trying our best to handle everything ourselves. But I think that we had to step back and just have a little faith. And uh, now, you know, um, I'm starting to take a different perspective on what's happening. I think this is a wake up call for humanity. I think it's a wake up call for uh, humanity and for the sake of humility. You know, um, we um, we had grown to be a very divisive community. Uh, we had grown to be isolated, you know, um, psychologically. Um, but this is now making us miss one another in regards to social interaction. It's making us uh, have to reset and uh, learn to appreciate the privilege that we all had. And it's exposing our vulnerabilities as a community. Um, and we are, you know, <clears throat> while we have a small business and it's really tough as individuals, I think we're agile enough to maneuver and survive this time. Um, but as a business, it was extremely tough for us and we did not know what was going to happen. We just imagine having, you know, a, a, an establishment where, you know, you have 20 people who are depending on you for their livelihood and you don't know your fate from day to day. 
when having an establishment such as a restaurant, planning is everything, budgeting is everything, you know? So we had some unfortunate scenarios to happen right before the virus. So we thought this was, you know, we were in a position where one thing could take us out. And that's where, you know, when the virus came, it was like, oh gosh, here it is. And all we could do is rely on community. Yeah. Tell, speak more to that, Leo, because I think you, you're here as a small business owner, right? Who just celebrated their first year anniversary business booming, right? I mean, just yeah. on all the lists for all, as you should be, because it's amazing food. You guys run an incredible company being hit really hard, like paint that picture in like concrete numbers for people who may not know what it's like to be in your shoes right now, because you speak on behalf of small business owners everywhere like yeah, in Durham yeah. and beyond. So tell us how that this has looked like in the last couple of weeks, kind of more specifically. So uh, just a, a quick stat, one in three restaurants fail in their first year. We barely made it past our first year. And once we did, um, we, we celebrated by feeding 1,000 homeless people at our one-year mark uh, with 10 days of giving. And then we recently, uh, we, we were in a position to be able to step up and uh, help an entire community. You know, we fed every family and every hotel with the McDougal Terrace folks that were evacuated. Uh, so we were just getting, we were on the cuffs of doing some really big things because we finally uh got people to know about who we are, who we were, you know, who we are as a restaurant and what we do. And people started coming in, sales were going up and we were just getting to the point where, all right, we can now start to accumulate a savings. And I'll put the numbers out there for, you know, people to really see the picture. We'd saved about $9,000, you know, which some businesses would say, that's not a lot, but for us as a restaurant, it's like, oh, finally, you know, um, but then we had another situation to happen and we had to wipe it clean. And so we had nothing and we were depending on sales for the season change going into spring. And then the, uh, the anxiety came about what's happening in China with the virus. The market started to shift. Then the virus came here. And then the dining room went from being packed to a Friday night of having about 10 customers. And that was eerily. From hundreds, right? You were saying. From, yeah, about 200 yeah, customers yeah. a day. Down to, down to about 10. And we had no idea what was going to happen. And the next day to Saturday, which is where we make most of our money, it's the busiest day of the week. We went from about 250 to 300 customers in the day to about 12. And then on Sunday, no one. And Monday came and Tuesday. And that's when restaurants were ordered to be closed to dining rooms. And immediately within a matter of days, uh, within a matter of maybe about two days without resources, we had to change our entire business model. And, um, you know, and, and fortunately we did what we did before where, you know, we supported our community and now this community is supporting us. But what about every business, you know, around the city that, you know, is just struggling like we are, you know, um, that doesn't have people stepping up right now. So everyone is having, everyone is having to shift to new uh, ways of selling and uh, sustaining and surviving. Sarita, speak to what does that look like for you as a nonprofit leader, right? In a different sector, but still small, a small business director, right? How has this crisis impacted uh, your work and, and the work of, of your team uh, in the community? Sure. So, um, you know, Step Up Durham provides employment training and placement services and most of the people that we partner with have significant challenges to employment and they needed work yesterday. So you're working with communities that 
are in recovery, communities that um, are in, coming out of domestic violence situations or, um, you know, 51% of the folks that we work with are justice involved. So these are folks that may be the hardest to serve around employment, but they're also still fathers and mothers and have responsibilities, rents, mortgages, utilities. And so they need work. And when we're not providing training, because we immediately there was this, you know, feeling like, well, maybe we should still um, have training and just cap the training. And then we wanted to be good stewards of not just our participants, but our staff. And so we stopped doing the training. That means a number of people that aren't um, being served, that are not getting their resumes uh, tweaked, that are not being sent on interviews. And so, and it's not just about, you know, that piece, it's also about the hope. So a level of hopelessness uh, sets in. And I think one of the the things that we do step up is we provide hope to people um, because we're walking alongside of them on this um, employment journey. So there's that piece. So what the team is doing now is just working with folks that are currently on their caseload that are still looking for jobs and doing one-on-one meetings. But the piece about that is that, you know, a lot of places have hiring freezes. And so even though a person is ready, uh, they're, they've got their resume, they've got the professional attire, they feel really confident because they've gone through a number of mock interviews. People are not hiring right now um, because of what's going on. And so we just continue to figure out ways to serve, to give hope and encouragement um, so that when we are on the other side of this, people are ready to go into that interview and nail it and get the job that they need to take care of themselves and their families. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Um, I was having a, 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 just a quick conversation this morning, actually on my way here in preparation for this, this time with you all with a former president of a chamber of commerce. And she was doing a happy hour, a virtual happy hour last night with presidents of chambers of commerce across the country, just to check in, do like a wellness check. How's everybody doing? Like sort of like what we're doing here today. And she wanted me to share just, um, you know, from Boca Raton, Florida to small chambers in Pennsylvania that just what you were saying, Leo, resonates so like it's very loud. It's this loud sort of like drumbeat right now around businesses trying to respond quickly in this environment into an ever changing environment. And she was saying that um, the chamber presidents are in tears watching their businesses, their, you know, folks that they've been supporting for years in their profession, making sure that they're lifted up and that they are, you know, in a place of great exposure, being asked in 90 minutes to close their doors, right? And to let their staffs go, not really with any certainty that they'll ever reopen, right? I mean, we think about that burn rate that you're talking about, like how much do you need to have? What What's that line of credit really look like for our small businesses? Are they pulling on that just to pay staff for time that they're not actually working, right? But that we're trying to to float so that they don't have to go in the empl- unemployment line. She said that many people called the SBA, like I, probably Monday of this week, and within 15 minutes, the SBA hotline was shut down. They had so they were so overwhelmed that they could not take any calls around small business loans. And so when we think about this on the personal level, this like pressure that's happening on our country, on our small businesses, and the small businesses are the heartbeat of a country. Startups are the heartbeat. They employ more people than these bigger companies, right? So 
we can't, we can't, um, uh, downplay this impact. It is going to be a crisis of mass proportion and it is going to require our full communities to come together to support each other through this time and get creative. This is one thing that she said. She was like, you know, we can't individually, if I buy a cup of coffee, it feels like kind of not a big deal, but there are, but you must do that. You must do that. You must order catering from Zueli's. You, you must employ um, folks who are ready to go to work, right? We must figure this out and we need to, as a country, be creative. And that is what we're known for. We brag about it all over the world, how amazing we are. We're the number one, most industrialized, you know, all the things we're on every list. So let's figure this thing out and let's get creative. And so what I am most inspired by with this conversation between the two of you, and we don't have 12 hours to talk and I wish we did, frankly, but what I am most inspired by is that I feel like if you were in this room for our listeners, you feel like while this, there's a lot going on right now, these two people are, are in it to win it, right? They're not giving up. They're not looking around like, well, I guess everybody else is going to shutter their doors and well, nobody's hiring. So I guess I'll just go eat bonbons and kick it at the house until they tell me this COVID is going to be over. Y'all, this is going to end and how we show up in these next few weeks for each other matters. And so what I want to know, and I'm sure our listeners want to know is what fuels you, what's pressing you forward so that when you look to your right and your left and you see that people are like, I, I don't know that I'm going to make it. Why are you like, no, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to do this thing because it matters to me and my family and to my community and my people. So tell us, tell us what's inspiring you, what's fueling you forward. When we're in our restaurant and um, we serve a plate of food, and someone tasted it and they said, mm, oh my gosh, this is so good. Thank you for serving good food. You know, and something we noticed in our restaurant when it's packed, no one is on their cell phone. They're all just, you know, uh, just having conversation and enjoying good flavor, you know, great flavors and enjoying one another. And just to see that appreciation for one another, being able to, uh, you know, just, be in a good space. And when I go to the table, I make sure that we, you know, shake every person's hand that comes in and say, thank you for coming. When I go there and I, you know, get a chance to interact with them and I say, uh, thank you for coming to Zoilis. They're like, no, thank you. That is what pushes us. That's what inspires us to continue uh, fighting through this because we want to bring people back to the dinner table to enjoy one another. And, um, so I, I'm looking forward to that again. Sarita, what about you? What keeps you going in a time like this? Yeah, so about a, a year ago, um, I had one of our graduates uh, bring me a, a young man. He was in his 20s that was living out on the street. She ran into him and just kind of started a conversation with him and brought him to step up because she felt like we could support and help him. And um, we got him into urban ministry, the shelter um, got him housed and uh, got him through our our employment training week. And on the Friday of graduation, when um, folks are dressed in their professional professional attire, which we provide, I walked up to him and I was like, "How are you feeling?" And he said, "I feel like a CEO." And I was really moved by that. And so these young people or the folks that come to our program that are super motivated and they're showing up and they have hope when they graduate and they're ready to work and 
this is, even though it may not be a big deal for other people, the fact that they got through this training was a huge deal for them. That's what fuels me. Um, just to be walking with people that are ready to work and to be a great employee for some of these small businesses out here that are looking for really great employees. What are some practical ways that they can lean in to love their neighbor right well during this crisis? Yeah, so um, emergency aid is really important. I think that's what people are thinking about right now. How do we feed folks in our community that need food? And I'm, I'm one of them as well. But I don't want people to forget about the development aid that's needed. And um, we've had to move our annual impact luncheon, which happens, um, which would happen on April 21st to be a virtual event. And though I'm super excited about the way it's coming together, you know, I am concerned that people will still be focusing on emergency aid and that's going to impact um, the $90,000 goal that we had for ourselves, which is a huge part of our budget. Um, and so that's one way that we could ask you all to help is by participating in that virtual event. And I know you all put some information on, on the website, but, and, and get the information out to um, your networks and, and we'll actually be putting something on the 21st, uh, a video out for, for people to view. So that would be one way you can support Step Up Durham. Right. The development is never stops. And so it's both and. Yeah. Leo, what about you? Yeah. So uh, we are, um, of course, we have our website that people can send emails, but uh, we are just putting all of our updates on our social media platforms. Uh, it's Zoeli's Kitchen, at Zoeli's Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, we had one of our customers actually started GoFundMe for us. Uh, and the GoFundMe is helping us raise money to, of course, you know, pay rent and help us pay our employees um, while well, family is what we call them um, so that we can sustain the business. And in the meantime, it also allows us to, um, you know, continue business with delivery and takeout and um, curbside service, which has been fun. You know, we get to interact with folks in their cars at the curb. Um, we also are going to continue supporting the families at McDougal Terrace. And uh, GoFundMe is allowing us to be able to do that. So uh, starting today, actually, and if you're looking at our Facebook, you'll see us live. Um, we are preparing 600 meals a day for the next 14 days. Uh, to uh, We're going to be on a schedule uh, where we're going to take it to every hotel, to every family member, and provide a meal a day for every McDougal Terrace family member uh, in every hotel. So, Sarita and Leo, I thank you so much for being here because your work can't stop. Your work cannot stop, and I think that we as a community have to rally around you to, to give you the resources that you need so that you can keep going, uh, and I think that we all have to play our part. I think that's, that's the point, is that you know, there are more vulnerable people um, before COVID that have been made even more vulnerable and marginalized. You know, injustice doesn't go away. Uh, actually, it, I think it is just heightened in a crisis like this, and to hear what you're, are, you're continuing to do. We need to figure out and be innovative on what it looks like to come alongside Step Up Durham. What does it come along, look like to come alongside as Whaley's? Um, however we can. And we got we to figure that out together. And that's what we're going to do. And so if you were listening to both of those things uh, of ways and you missed it, maybe you were driving something, don't worry. Uh, we're going to put all this information of how you can step in 
to step up, right? You like, you see what I did there, Sarita? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that with Whaley's uh, uh, as a, an analogy. That's okay. Metaphor. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I only get one per show. That That's was okay. My, that, that was, was my, it. Yeah. It's fine. But recitynetwork.org, we're going to be putting a resource guide out for all the ways you can come alongside vulnerable populations right now and still get proximate because there are ways, even as you practice social distancing, to get proximate to support vulnerable populations, uh, support the work that Sarita and her team are doing, support Zuelis as they literally feed people who are been displaced, who are now in double crisis. That's right. Please yeah. go online right now, look at these resources and find a way to lean in. Good. Love it. Thank, Thank you all, all so much. Here. Thanks so much for listening to Just a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network in partnership with ReCity and Coastal Credit Union. In the spirit of sharing, if you like what you've heard, tell a friend about the show and give us a five-star rating and review. Many thanks to DJ P-Dog and producer Low Key for producing the music for our show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.